Welcome into another episode of the Balls, Buckets, and Bull podcast. I'm your host, Joey Morales, coming to you once again solo for the NFL season, getting you ready fantasy football-wise, regular football-wise. And we're going to break down the AFC North and AFC South divisions today. I'm going to get right into it so that way this podcast isn't terribly long. And we're going to start with the AFC North, specifically at the Pittsburgh Steelers, who last year went 13-3 and to win the AFC North. They had first-round draft pick Terrell Edmonds, 28th overall from Virginia Tech, the safety. Didn't really add or lose anybody in the offseason. Ben Roethlisberger, 4,251 yards, completed 64.2% of his passes, 28 touchdowns to 14 interceptions. Big Ben hinted at retirement in 2017, but I think he's ready to play uh, long-term. Now that offensive coordinator Todd Haley has left the team, he is known to struggle in away games, but his weapons obviously are elite and they seem ready to go in 2018. I think he should have a good season. He was quarterback 10 in fantasy last year, but I kind of like him closer to 15. And you might have to have some uh, backup options for his his away games because it is no joke. He has struggled. So next, Antonio Brown, 101 receptions, 1,005. 533 yards, nine touchdowns, number one wide receiver in fantasy last year. Current has currently struggled with a lower body injury. Um, it's believed to be a quad injury. He's supposed to be ready to go for week one, uh, but it's still not a good sign for the 30-year-old. I, Assuming health, I like him easily as the number one wide receiver off the board and probably about three, pick number four, pick number five or so overall, only behind the uh, three elite running backs in Bell, DJ, and Gurley and then potentially Zeke, depending on your scoring format. And then we'll talk about Le'Veon Bell, 1,291 rushing yards, four yards per carry, nine touchdowns to go along with 85 receptions, 655 receiving yards, and two receiving touchdowns. His franchise for 2018, which caused him and his agent to say he will not sign with the team in 2019, I think this team really has every incentive to get the most of his services while he is there, and so I think they might give him a ton of carries. I personally like him as the number one overall pick in fantasy above Gurley just for that reason. And then moving on to Juju Smith-Schuster, 58 receptions, 917 yards, seven touchdowns. He nearly had a 1,000-yard season despite really living in Antonio Brown's shadow the entire time. I think he's going to have plenty of volume, enough to kind of merit a fifth-round draft pick. And should anything keep AB off the field for any extended period of time, he's going to have a massive ceiling and could be a pick that ends up winning you your league. And as far as the 2018 season for the Steelers, it doesn't really seem like there should be anything keeping this team from winning the AFC North again. It might be the last time we see this current roster play. Who knows what happens with Bell? Who knows what happens with Ben if he feels like retiring? And it might be their final year that they want to try to put it together to go for a Super Bowl win. But in terms of their record, I like them to go 11-5. and five. And on to the Baltimore Ravens. They had first-round draft pick Hayden Hurst tied in from South Carolina with the 25th pick, as well as Lamar Jackson, last pick in the first round. Louisville uh, at quarterback and 20 for the 2017 season they went nine and seven last year for second in the AFC North they add Michael Crabtree as well as RG3 Uh, they lose Danny Woodhead who retired and Jeremy Macklin and Mike Wallace so wacko for Flacco Mr. Joe Flacco threw 3,141 yards completed 64.1 percent of his passes 18 touchdowns to 13 interceptions I'm not too wacko for Flacco for 2018 that Ravens traded up to get Lamar Jackson. I think if this team struggles at all, there's going to be pleas for him to play Uh, another, you know, it's another year for him with a completely new wide receiver group. 
for me, Flacco is a hard pass in fantasy this year. And then to talk about the running game, Alex Collins, 973 yards, 4.6 yards per carry, six touchdowns, 23 receptions, and 187 receiving yards. He's kind of a versatile back. He's physical. He's earned a spot on his team. I think he actually could get enough volume to be a low-end RB2 in 2018. But I just don't like this offense in general, So I don't, and I don't think they're going to be scoring that much. But, I mean, that's pr- pretty much what you're going to get out of uh, someone you're drafting around running back 21 to 25 or so. Michael Crabtree, the new addition, he signed a three-year $21 million deal with the Ravens. He pro- looks to be the wide receiver one in the offense and maybe can actually give them something consistent in the receiving game. I don't like Flacco for fantasy. I don't like Crabtree for fantasy. This team, I really don't draft that much, even in my mock drafts, and I'm really pretty content with not having anyone, any Ravens on my fantasy team, short of maybe Justin Tucker for 2018. And in terms of their regular, you know, their actual season, they're just the ultimate mad team for me. Outside of their kicker, I really don't think there's anyone that pops off the sheet as a dominant force in the league. I think this team goes seven and nine, and I think Lamar Jackson is starting before the end of the year. Next up, the Cincinnati Bengals, who last year went seven and nine for third in the AFC North. They had first round pick Billy Price, center from Ohio State with the 21st pick. The only real departure they had was Brandon LaFell, which is a decent loss uh, considering he had 52 receptions and 88 targets last year. Talk about Andy Dalton first, 3,320 yards, completed 59.9% of his passes, 25 touchdowns to 12 interceptions. The Red Rifle finished quarterback 17 in 2017 for fantasy behind a bad O-line, banged up receiving options, and Eifert John Ross, and really the offense just kind of underwhelmed as a result. They were 32nd in yards per game last year, uh, which is obviously last a year later, and Eifert's health is still kind of in question. The O-line really isn't that much better. A.J. Green is really the only option that he really has. John Ross kind of flashed in the preseason with a nice long touchdown, but uh, who knows how consistent he can be. So I don't like Dalton for fantasy this year, but we'll talk about his main receiving option, A.J. Green, who last year had 75 receptions, 1,078 yards, and eight touchdowns. He finished as wide receiver 10 last year. Another 1,000-yard receiving season. You know, despite how poorly you could say the offense performed, he's always been able to put up good numbers. So I like him in the second round as wide receiver 10 to 12. And then to talk about the running game, Joe Mixon, 626 yards, 3.5 yards per carry for four rushing touchdowns to go along with 30 receptions, 287 receiving yards on 208 touches. He finished 34th in fantasy last year. He suffered. He also suffered from a poor offensive line. But 3.5 yards per carry is, it's kind of hard to believe it's only the O-line's fault. Um, You know, Bernard was almost able to average a full yard more. You know, I think Mixon is a decent fantasy option. Uh, I think he might end up getting even more touches than he did last year. But it's, he's still going to have to compete pretty hard to get the passing down work. So I think it kind of caps his upside and he's just not someone I love picking up and Giovanni Bernard uh, for PPR leagues is uh, still a decent pickup. He had 458 rushing yards, 4.4 yards per carry, much better than his counterpart. Two rushing touchdowns to go along with 43 receptions, 389 yards, and two receiving touchdowns. He finished 27th in fantasy last year. Kind of saw his role increase when Mixon started dealing with some concussions. Like I said, since most uh, you know leagues are PPR, it's kind of worth mentioning you know Bernard as like a mid late round grab. 
And, you know, he could thrive if there's any productivity or any production concerns from Mixon. And for the 2018 season for the Bengals, I think when you just can't dominate at least on one in one part of your offense, it gives the defense a ton of room to work. It gives them a lot of uh, ability to put pressure and get away with it. I think they can win some easy games versus the Browns, versus the Dolphins, versus the Colts, and probably make out with another 7-9 and nine season. And last in this division, the Cleveland Browns. Last year, they went 0-16. They had first-round draft pick Baker Mayfield from Oklahoma, Denzel Ward, cornerback, fourth overall from Ohio State. They had Jarvis Landry, Carlos Hyde, and Tyrod Taylor in the offseason. There's rumors they might add Des Bryant. So we'll talk about Tyrod first, who's brought over from the Bills. I think he's an okay quarterback, but it's honestly probably only of a matter of time till they start talking about trying to start Baker Mayfield. Either way, I don't think I like either of these quarterbacks for fantasy. Uh, there is some decent preseason flashes from out of Jarvis Landry and Carlos Hyde. So maybe this team might have the pieces it needs to have a decent offense. Too risky for my liking. So we'll talk about Landry last year, 112 receptions, 987 yards, nine touchdowns, and nearly broke that thousand yard mark in the last year with, with Miami. He's highly motivated. I would say this year, he's always been a volume slot receiver and that looks to continue. I think he might actually benefit a little more with Baker in the lineup, but for PPR purposes, I like him around wide receiver 18 to 20. Josh Gordon just got reinstated to the team. He went for four catches and 85 yards and three catches, 69 yards and one touchdown in his first two games back last year after being removed from football for over a year. You know, now that he's back on this roster, kind of looked like they kind of had him stand off to the side while the whole hard knocks thing was filming. Uh, but he look, he's back in. Uh, he's obviously a very talented receiver. He's a true boom bust receiver that I think has pretty high ceiling for where he's going, but also a pretty low floor should anything uh, arise. Like him around wide receiver 30 for me. And then we'll talk about the running game. Carlos Hyde has dominated in the preseason so far. He's outsapping the rest of the running backs by a pretty good margin. I think he's going to get that Isaiah Kroll uh, early down work kind of role. Duke Johnson is still talented enough, I feel like, to still keep the passing down work. So he won't be a true workhorse running back, but a decent RB2 to me to pick around running back 25 to 28 or so. You know, a lot of people are calling for the Browns to finally wake up this season. It's kind of, for a team that constantly is picking at the top of the draft, it's really truly a wonder they haven't landed on some premier talent, even with just blind luck. With a tough schedule, bad coaching, and I think a potential QB controversy, I don't think this team wins more than four games this year. And then we'll talk about the AFC South, starting with the Texans, who last year went 4-12 and for fourth in the AFC South. They... Did not have a first-round pick. We'll talk with Deshaun Watson. 1,699 yards, completed 61.8% of his passes, 19 touchdowns to eight interceptions. Went absolutely off in weeks three through seven, averaged 295 yards, 3.6 passing touchdowns. And then, unfortunately, tore his right ACL in practice. He had previously torn his left ACL at Clemson in 2014. Reports have said that his rehab has gone well, which is good to see. His talent alone, I think, is worth fantasy appeal. He still has good weapons in DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller. There's a little bit of concern about his O-line and obviously his health, but even if he kind of regresses and doesn't have that fire kind of performance he had, I still kind of like him around quarterback four to five or so, really only firmly behind Tom Brady, Cam Newton, and Aaron Rodgers and potentially Russell Wilson, depending on Doug Baldwin's health. But 
That's how I feel about Deshaun Watson and his main receiving option, DeAndre Hopkins, 96 receptions, 1,378 yards, 13 touches, 13 touchdowns. He also benefited from Watson's play, and he's also shown good ability to just put up numbers, even with subpar quarterback play. He averaged 97 yards and 0.75 touchdowns a game, even without Watson. He's got insane talent. He's got great hands. He's a target magnet. I really like him only behind Antonio Brown as wide receiver two off the board. And Will Fuller, he had seven touchdowns and 13 receptions last year. It doesn't seem like it's very sustainable, but I still think another a whole year with Watson, hopefully to maybe make them get some more chemistry between the two. I like him as kind of like a seventh round, eighth round, high ceiling bye week fill in pick. Um, and who definitely has a lot of high potential should anything happen to Hopkins and as far as the running game, Lamar Miller, 888 yards, 3.7 yards per carry, three touchdowns to go along with 36 receptions, 327 yards, and three receiving touchdowns. He had 274 touches. You know, he's kind of always tiptoed with the line with potentially being a workhorse back. Last year, he lost touches to Alfred Blue just as that was kind of forming. Uh, one kind of positive note for his workload, Dante Foreman looks like he will be put on the PUP, still recovering from a torn Achilles. Alfred Blue hasn't seemed to take away too much work so far in the preseason. I really think Miller can actually end up being a decent pickup where he's going late in the fifth round, early sixth round, and actually be someone who can get you production on all three downs. And in terms of the 2018 season, I think J.J. Watt and Deshaun Watson coming back healthy is obviously a huge gain for the Texans. I think a softer schedule helps. I think they have a pretty good chance of winning this division. Like them to go 9-7, and 10-6 and six and the, or so, right around there. It'll be pretty close between them and the Jags for who wins the division. And speaking of the Jags, last year they went 10-6 and six for first in the AFC South. They add Dante Moncrief in the offseason. They lose Alan Hearns and Alan Robinson. Blake Bortles last year, 3,687 yards, completed 62.2% of his passes, 21 touchdowns to 13 interceptions, 322 rush yards, and two touchdowns, which actually surprised me. And I was looking up the stats to see how much this guy actually runs. You know, he actually kept his job last year behind a defense that ranks second in the league in both yards and points per game. Also kind of helping him just stay off his back was a, a powerful running game, which kept him from throwing pick sixes. I don't think he's really worthy of a pick in most leagues, but could be a decent bi-week fill-in just with his slight ability to run it as well. Marquise Lee, kind of not sure what's going to happen. Uh, he was recently carted off with an injury, so I have to keep updated with that. 56 receptions, 702 yards, three touchdowns. He looks to be the wide receiver one after the team kind of cut ties with Allen Robinson and Allen Hearns. I don't think this team throws it that much, but Lee still kind of got 100 targets last season, and I think if you kind of miss out on any high-end high end high volume wide receivers. He actually could be a decent pickup in uh, the seventh round or so. And then Leonard Fournette last year, 1,040 yards, 3.9 yards per carry, nine touchdowns to go along with 36 receptions and 302 yards and one receiving touchdown. You know, some ankle injuries kind of troubled him in 2017, caused him to miss a little bit of time. If he's healthy, I think he's going to get the Lions share the carries. He's going to have high expectation for a touchdown almost every week. Beat writers have even said that he's getting a little more third down usage. They're kind of experimenting with passing him the ball. So I like Leonard Fournette as running back eight off the board. And, and for the 2018 season, the game against the Buffalo Bills in the wild card really worried me a lot just to see how much they struggle with them. They made up for it by 
beating the Pittsburgh Steelers, getting up 10 against the Patriots. So that's good to see. You know, I've said it before, but it's always worth reiterating. What makes a Super Bowl team to me is an elite defense, a powerful running game, competent quarterback play, and coaching really that just doesn't get in the way. And I don't see this team going to the Super Bowl just quite yet. I still think this team has three to four of those characteristics. And if Bortles can make smart decisions in 2018, I think this team has a decent chance to win the division again. Like I said, it's going to be pretty close between them and the Texans. Uh, I see them going 9-7, and 10-6. And, and just for the sake of this podcast, I'll pick the Texans to win the division. But I still like the Jacks' chances. Moving on to the Tennessee Titans. Last year, they went 9-7 and seven for second in the AFC South. They add first-round pick with Sean Evans, a linebacker out of Alabama with the 22nd overall pick. New coach Mike Vrabel enters the mix. They add Deion Lewis in the offseason. Marcus Mariota, 3,232 yards, 62% completion percentage, 13 touchdowns to 15 interceptions, 312 rushing yards, and five rushing touchdowns. Broke his ankle in 2016 and kind of just didn't look to have the same confidence early in 2017. Then he suffered a strained hamstring, which also kind of limited him a good amount of the year. I think he's one of the few quarterbacks to actually kind of keep their starting job after throwing more picks than touchdowns in last season. I think he should benefit from another year of recovery. I think if he can just get his legs back to full strength, I actually think he can be a pretty good option you can get for literally dirt cheap in drafts. But we'll talk about his main receiving option in Delaney Walker, who had 74 receptions, 807 yards, and three touchdowns. He's always been the consistent option for the Titans. He has a good connection with Mariota. Last year, he was tight end four in fantasy. He's actually one of the few tight ends who can you can get a little later in drafts, but actually still put up great production. Only like him behind Gronk, Kelsey, and Ertz, and potentially Jimmy Graham, depending on if you're PPR or not. And then Rashard Matthews and Corey Davis. I think Matthews looks to be the target leader in the offense. He's a decent bi-week fill-in option. And Corey Davis at 6'3 and 210 pounds could turn into quite the receiver if he stays healthy. He's only 23 years old, so this could be his breakout year in the league. If this offense can just move the ball a little better in 2018, I think they will both benefit and have decent seasons. Derek Henry, the main running back, 744 yards, 4.2 yards per carry and five touchdowns. 11 receptions, 136 yards, and one receiving touchdown. He has good rushing touchdown potential. This this team does actually have a good offensive line, which will be good. He should dominate the early work, but I think he's going to lose a lot of passing down work to Deion Lewis. I think they're going to use uh, Lewis in the passing situations and blocking situations. So I do like Henry's potential for eight-plus rushing touchdowns or so, but it's kind of hard to love him too, too much in PPR leagues. And in terms of the 2018 season for the Titans, I think I like the. I think this team is not really a bad team, but I think it needs more weapons to beat the powerful defenses of the Texans and the Jags. Probably closer to a seven and nine team than a nine and seven playoff caliber team. So I'll to pick the Titans to go seven and nine. And to finish off, we'll go to the Indianapolis Colts, who last year went four and twelve. They had new coach Frank Wright over from Philly. First round pick Quentin Nelson guard from Notre Dame with the sixth overall pick. They had Eric Ebron in the offseason. Obviously, they uh, lose Chuck Pagano as the coach, Dante Moncrief, and Frank Gore. So talk about Andrew Luck, who missed all of 2017 with a torn labrum in his right shoulder. I think this team should be down quite a bit. I don't think it has a good defense. So combine that with some good receivers. I think Luck has a decent ceiling, assuming health and all that is okay. But just the line is still not that great. Obviously, the health concerns are there, so he's kind of too risky for me to pick, but 
The ceiling is there if he can stay healthy. And his main receiving option, T.Y. Hilton, last year, 57 receptions, 966 yards, and four touchdowns. Finished as wide receiver 25, even with Jacoby Brissett at the helm. I mean, obviously, you've seen his floor with that kind of production. And if luck is even half of what he used to be, should be much better with that. So I like T.Y. Hilton's ceiling. I like his floor. I like him as a wide receiver 10 or so off the board. And the other option is Jack Doyle, who last year went had 80 receptions, 690 yards, and four touchdowns. He was last year's tight end seven in fantasy. I think he has a good chance to repeat his success and maybe even potentially uh, surpass it. I think he's got a great connection with Luck. I think many are kind of were wondering if Ebron is going to take some work away, but it doesn't look to be the case in the preseason so far. Doyle's dominating the snaps. He's getting more passing opportunities. I personally like him as tight end six off the board. And as far as the running game, I think Marlon Mack might get the first attempt at carries, but I'm not touching anyone here. I don't think they're going to be up. I don't think the offensive line is good. It's um, probably more of a committee that it will end up being. So I'm uh, going to be completely fading it. And in terms of the 2018 season, I've already mentioned it before. You got a bad defense. You got a bad O-line. That adds up to a 4-12 and season to me, maybe 5-11. and I mean, you got to imagine they're going to at least be a couple wins better with Andrew Luck. So just for the sake of this podcast, I will pick 6-10 and for the Indianapolis Colts. And that will do it for the AFC South and AFC North divisions. Sorry, it's been a little bit break in the podcast. I will hope to get the AFC West and AFC East out before the season starts. But please, in the meantime, follow us on iTunes at the BBB Podcast, on Twitter at the BBB Pod, and leave us a five-star review if you can be so kind.